Coming up, we're going to share our thoughts and feelings about Jurassic World Velocicoaster and the updated safety protocols at Universal Orlando Resort, plus the Summer Food Festival that, as of the time we're recording this, is still not announced, but we do know it's happening. All of that's happening and more on this episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. I'm your host, Craig Williams. Today, I'm joined alongside by my co-host, Rhino. Hello. And we are going to have a lot of fun. Before we get started, though, I do have to remind you that this video is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. If you like us and our content and you want to support us, please... Please, please book your next Universal Vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Uh, it will cost you no extra money, and they're there to help you as much or as little as you want. So get a free no-obligation quote today at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Also, please make sure that you hit the thumbs up on the video here if you're enjoying it. Please make sure you're subscribed. This is on the uh, the UO Fan channel now, youtube.com slash UO Fan. So it's not disunplugged. Make sure you are subscribed so that way you are staying up to date with all of our new Universal videos and, and disunplugged Universal Edition shows. Maybe the name will change. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with that. But please make sure you're subscribed to this new channel channel so that way you don't miss out on any content and then of course leave any comments questions video suggestions in the comments section below and for all the audio people out there hey it's still coming to the same feed that you've known and loved for years and years so don't you worry about it just make sure you're still subscribed to us wherever you listen to podcasts and then if you're listening specifically through apple podcasts leave that positive ratings and reviews for us okay now we've got to get on with the show and we've got a big one coming up and uh, of course of course we have to talk about jurassic world velocicoaster uh, we're not going to go super in depth with it because a it doesn't officially open until june 10th and b Rhino and I actually already released a video with our first impressions and first thoughts of Jurassic World Velocicoaster right after we got off of the attraction for the first time. So I don't want to completely just retread that information because I, I think it's actually really awesome to be able to watch our first reactions after getting off of that the new apex predator of roller coasters <laughs> yeah uh, but obviously you know there's a lot of people out there who only listen and the audio from that video is pretty terrible because we filmed it right outside of a roller coaster and uh, it's a little bit hard to listen to so we do need to recap a little bit so uh, you know it's uh, you can choose to you can choose to just bypass all of this if you listen to our first impressions video uh, if you want but I actually would not skip over it because we then had the chance to ride the very next day for a media event and we wrote it i wrote it six times that day rhino wrote it five times and we wrote it in all different seats so that way now mm -hmm. we have a we we have a lot to share about where we think is actually the best the best rides uh on on jurassic world velocicoaster but rhino let's just get it out of the way right away here how do you still feel about the ride now 
Oh, I think it. I think it's an excellent roller coaster. No question. I, I, I think it. It has. I think it's scary. I think it is exciting. It's thrilling. Um, I really can't see somebody walking away from it being upset. To be honest with you. I completely feel the same way. I mean, you could walk away from it being upset if you're afraid of massive coasters, uh, because this is. <laughs> but then you're to blame doozy. for getting on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, th- it's you know it, it's obviously a big fast coaster. As you're standing there watching it, you can see it from all around islands of adventure. It's not a surprise of what you're getting into with this. Uh, I've been trying to describe it to people as. I like to say it's a a it's a child that came from the parents of the Incredible Hulk coaster mixed with Hagrid's mixed with Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket. It's like a blending mm-hmm. of all three yeah. coasters together. You have the the upside down and some of the speed thrills from the Hulk. Uh, you have some of the same speed thrills and the tight twists and turns that you have from Hagrid's, but then you have that height that you can find at the Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket over in Universal Studios Florida. So it's kind of like different elements from those three attractions came together to make the the again the apex predator of roller coasters i'm gonna not stick to universal's language on this too much but uh it it really is for for universal it is a it is another new type of coaster that they just didn't have before and it's it's really good yeah, I, I think that's a good point is how it, it it kind of feels like this amalgamation of all those things, but then provides you with like a totally new type of an experience that that is just like I I I just sometimes I think I'm like, I can't even believe I did this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because, you know, it's it's pure insanity and I'm going to I'm going to hopefully have chapters in here. I'm going to remember to do it for audio. I know that doesn't matter, but for video, I'm going to have chapters in so you can stick ahead. Just uh, little little spoilers here. Not really, because, you know, it's well, can we do an what? Sorry. Can we do a non spoiler thing really quick? Because I know yeah. this is really important to. OK, because yeah, I know you and I posted similar photos where we were out front of the attraction on our social media on like Instagram and stuff like that. Um and I feel like, I don't know about you, but the question that came up a lot in that, in that post for me was a lot of people were comparing it to Hagrid's better than Hagrid's question mark that, and I, I do honestly, I feel like I want to say this before we get into that spoiler territory is that it's like apples and oranges in terms of that, where like Hagrid's, I still don't think there's anything like Hagrid's that it is, it is a an actual story that literally has you know you just talked about chapters in this youtube video you know the the roller coaster has chapters yeah i think and you know it's different than than other roller coasters that um like the hulk will say where it just it, all of its stories until it launches and then you're on a roller coaster i think velocicoaster is a little bit more than that but it's still in terms of like i can't i can't compare the two i don't think i i you know, that's the hard part. And I, I, but I do think that's the thing that people want a lot is they keep comparing it to it. I just want to say in terms of it being an accomplishment in the way that Hagrid's was for Universal, this is another accomplishment, a, a phenomenal build for them. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you completely. I don't know necessarily if the two should even be compared because they yeah, are, I don't think so. They are very, very different. Uh, but 
Uh, you know, it's obviously we still have to compare them anyways. And we said in the other review we did, you still are more uh, on on Team Hagrid. I'm on Team Velocicoaster right now. But it honestly, it just depends what you want from the attraction overall. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is, you know, there is a story built up in this ride. But ultimately, this is a roller coaster versus Hagrid's, which is... Hagrid's is an attraction and with the show scenes and the show elements that they put into the actual experience. So and it, it tries to be accessible to everybody. This was like, hey, hey, roller coaster people, we got something special for yeah. you. And it that's even built into the story of this. This is a this is literally made as part of Jurassic World. It is a roller coaster that allows you to go on the hunt with velociraptors so it's not even like it's not even like oh we're on we're on a special vehicle that's that's going to send us out into the hunt no it's we are on a roller coaster that's what you're you're there for i I also i just love how that theming rolled right into itself so beautifully though where i was like it's just something where like jurassic world is jurassic park has always been sort of that like if you've read the books or anything like that is always sort of this commentary on theme parks and entertainment and jurassic world really took that thread and said okay well we never really like pushed that part of the story in the movies as much so let's make it we're like what if it was like a fully realized theme park and then it would be like jurassic world so let's truly make it like disney world or or, or something like that and and there and it's that it's just so great because of where this attraction fits in that timeline. I just think it's like, wow, it really makes me feel like I am stepped into that part of the film, you know, before everything yeah. goes wonky. But like, Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. And uh, we're still not really talking spoilers with this right here, but uh, the one thing I did, you know, as I was saying, we're going to get into spoilers ish. It's not really that much because this was part of the releases as they were leading up to it. And it's, it's pretty well known if you've seen any videos of it. The, the roller coaster, Velocicoaster is basically split into two separate coasters. You have the first section, which, uh, is it starts with a launch through a series of tight, winding turns as you're mm-hmm. like going in and around the rocks. It's exciting. It is, it is, you just feel that close proximity. You don't know how fast you're going because of how tight it all really is. And, you know, there's points where you're like, am I upside down or am I, am I not? Yeah. I have no idea what's happening. But then the second part of the coaster starts with your, your launch going from 40 miles an hour up to 70 miles an hour as you climb up to the 155 foot top hat and then go plunging plunging down into the really long, long portion of the coaster that, you know, the the cherry on top is that final Mosasaurus roll that happens right over the water, which is so terrifying. Um, <laughs> terrifying, I, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I got the first time Rhino and I went on it, I, I was pretty much holding on tight to the, the lap bar the entire time, not knowing what was going to happen and especially knowing it was like oh it's upside down i've not done a lot of attractions that go upside down without the uh without the over the shoulder restraints yeah i had never done one yeah i it's i've maybe done two i think three in my entire life so and it's been a while so this one i was like that first time i'm holding on to the lap bar and like that and then the first time we went on for the media day i just kind of went in with a 
with a I don't care attitude. And I'm like, I'm hands up right from the start. And I can I can keep my hands up this entire attraction, no matter where I was sitting. But the Mosasaurus roll over the water, it's just the forces on it that makes you feel like you're being thrown out of your seat. They are so intense. Yeah. That's the only part where I struggle to keep my hands up because I'm like, nope, I'm going out if I don't if I don't hold on with at least one hand. And uh, you know, I know it's not going to happen. No one's getting thrown out of this thing. But that's that's just how crazy how crazy well, that this was coaster the th- is. The airtime. Yeah, that's why I screamed to you the first week because the first time we wrote it, we were in the front row and I, I did not expect that at all. And so the first like we you take off, like really like Craig said, you're going 40 miles an hour and it's a launch coaster, too, which is great. But I was just like, I'm going to fall out. I'm going to fall out. <laughs> I just kept screaming because I you didn't did. expect my butt to not make contact with the seat as much as it did. So I was just like I was legit like that first time we wrote it, it got past the top hat. It was after you go over the bridge upside down and then you turn back around and it was the back and forth and knowing I remember thinking in my head thinking I just paused for a second and was like we still have to go upside down one more time and I I remember just being like I think I'm gonna die (laughs) I I just like had this moment where I was like am I screaming for real now like and and I don't know, it was, it was thrilling. And obviously I went and, and did it again, but I was just, I couldn't believe, you know, there was so many surprises that took me, you know, it, it's the sensation of what you feel versus what you're seeing and expecting what you're going to feel are just so completely different on this. But I I do have to say that I my body in terms of how I felt, I mean, I did take Dramamine both days before I went, just one pill. Um, I, I didn't feel my head didn't feel off my, my body. T- I mean, it was my adrenaline was racing. You, you know, Craig can testify. I stepped out of my hand was shaking. Like, um, but I didn't, I didn't feel like when I go on, like the, the only time I've done the hunk, I literally felt like somebody had ripped all of my body parts apart and put them back together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't like coasters that t- test that aspect of your, like endurance like and um like rock and roller coaster which which i have done and will do when it when it does its loops it like pushes you down into the seat i feel like this is the first time i've ever done anything where there it never felt like at any moment there was something pushing on me or it was rather that it was pushing away from me so there i didn't i didn't experience any of that sort of weird uh you know uh stress i guess on on anything which i was kind of shocked about it's uh it is it's a new species of coaster at Universal Orlando. There's that brand marketing once again. And I think that's kind of it in terms of non spoiler sections. So at this point, I'm gonna go ahead and definitely with the video on YouTube, I'm gonna say now, uh click to the next chapter if you don't want uh, more spoilers about what happens in the queue portion and uh, other little little other little parts of it. And uh, with audio, I'm going to go ahead and also say it right now so I remember it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what time to skip ahead to. So that way you can skip over all of this if you want to. The time to skip to is 37.15. And there's a music buffer in there just so it's safe. Here we go. 
Uh, Rhino is for the queue. This is where a good amount of the story is set up. And uh, the guide along the way for it, for the most part, is uh, was a surprise to me, is actually mm-hmm. Mr. DNA. Like I love that. Yeah. I, I don't know whose idea it was to pull Mr. DNA out and make him the make him the person who is going the spokesperson for uh what what you are going to experience how to put stuff in lockers like all those little those little touches that you need to have that are informational for an attraction i don't know who decided to put him in but it's when as soon as he pops up on screen it's just so exciting and it might not be the best mr dna voice but it's also you hear it and like you know it's mr dna yeah yeah, I I right away I was like, oh my gosh! I don't care if anything else, whatever else happens. I was just like, I'm just so thrilled for this right now. Um, and, and there are, you know, I they I think I think the queue did uh, did really good. I mean, yeah. there are some other people that we get to see along the way as well. Yeah. Well, and I like I even like the first start. So there's we've had actually the blessing of waiting and the extended queue as well too. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that's all we're going to get to the safety protocols, but, uh, you know, the, it's the extended queue will get used, but when yes. we were waiting on a day when you still had to have six feet between every party that did allow us to get into the extended queue, which you get a great look at the Mosasaurus role when you are down there. Oh, you're like right and, there. It's yeah, crazy. It's right there. You can get some great photos as, as people are going by. And one day if the coaster, like, I, I wish they would have built an air area where you could just walk down i know it's part of the queue so if they need it it has to be there but it would be great if one day you could just like always walk down and have that have that perfect viewing area the same way that river adventure you have the area you can stand and watch the splashdowns uh but I, I digress with that. But we've waited in that part of the queue. And then the first section of the queue that you really get to wait in is uh, where you get to see the statue of the four different velociraptors. And it's kind of well, like I the talk icon about, statue of it all. Like that whole area as you walk in, I just the it, it's such an interesting aesthetically. I think it immediately it it's like, yes, this looks exactly like Jurassic Park, Jurassic World to me, because it's that it's that metal grates that we remember from the opening of like Jurassic Park, right? When they're transferring the raptor um, and, it, and it eats the guy and like it, it just it it it's shooter. it's crazy because I just yeah, shooter. Uh, I just love how wide open the entrance is. Yeah. It's, it's like this massive. I, I'm just trying to think of anything else like it where I'm like, oh, it's so cool that this essentially is a building that doesn't have a side to it. Yeah. And yeah. I just think it's really cool. It, it adds that feeling because as you go through the queue, it gets tighter and tighter as you go. It does. Oh, no, absolutely. In that statue of the four raptors in the little roller coaster top hat yeah. hill, that is that is essentially the weenie that you can see that from the very entrance looking back in. You're like, oh, I want to I want to get closer to that. And then you have Mr. DNA popping on like a. I, I already mentioned they have this awesome lighting effects that happen in that whole area too with the Jurassic yeah. Park music. It it sets the scene. Did you know? Okay, so because before that, where you're going to enter, like down the hill, there's like two raptors on yeah. either side as you're walking up. I just learned that those two raptors are meant to be a specific reference to dueling dragons because they're in the same position as the two dragons were at each other oh. on either side 
of the entrance and I've seen a side-by-side photo of it. It was, it was somebody had, he was asked if he could put it in there. One of the designers and they were like, yeah, sure. We don't care. Uh, I, I never saw that. In I never person, saw it in the person. entrance, yeah. but I luckily Corey had a lot of photos from from dueling dragons era period of islands of adventure so i've i've seen it plenty of times and i'll try to i'll try to mash it all up and see if i can i can get the comparison going with it but yeah so as as we said that that kind of pulls you into the queue and the next room that you go into is one of the coolest parts and if you've been following on social media you know, you've you've probably seen this. Uh, this is the long hallway that has windows out where you will see the the roller coaster car launch into the top hat section. So every, you know, every couple minutes, you will see the lighting in the room will change from blue and white lights all of a sudden to flashing red. And then the coaster will just it will. The car's going to scream right past. But then you have all these velociraptors that are running after the train and they'll stop and they'll move. And one of the Easter eggs is in this room. They have, uh, they have the glass of water that's sitting with the ripples. Very, very difficult to see. It is a very dark room. But, you know, if as soon as you're like the first time Rhino and I walked through, I knew to look for it, but I didn't see it. And then when we went back, then it finally the only reason I spotted it as quickly as I did. (laughs) It was hilarious. One of the uh, media reps was walking through to make sure that the queue was uh, photo ready for everyone. I was right at the front oh, yeah. and he was trying to pick it up and move it. He's like, who left this there? <laughs> and then finally, was, oh my gosh, that's supposed to be there. And I, lo- I love, yeah. I love little touches like that. It's perfect. But yeah, watching. I think what- oh, yeah. I think once you're like you, you're waiting in a normal paced queue. I think your eyes will be able to adjust to that a little bit better True. to be able to see it. I think because even even like you said though, we did wait in a queue where our queue essentially started. We went through extended queue, um, but again, that's annual pass holder preview. So I'm sure all the back and forths weren't weren't all completely yeah. open or anything like that. And maybe it's just such a great swiftly loading coaster that it works but you know you'll probably have a few more minutes to get your eyes to adjust but it's yeah right there in the middle and it's such a great like just so great i love that yeah and you know the easter eggs just keep rolling from there and uh, with what rhino said too it's try to take time to stop and look as as restrictions start to lessen uh the good part is you will have more time in these queues because the more space you have, the more everyone's running through it in such a quick period. And the more you can fit in the room, the more you'll be able to stop and see and enjoy all this stuff, too. And uh, a big problem we were having is that, you know, some people were stopping for photos and then they would then run ahead to catch up to yeah. the end of the line. And then you have to decide, am I going to stop and get the photos I want? Or am I going to just keep up with the front of the line too? So that's that's a problem that any good queue has, though, is where it's like the the ideal is that everyone keeps moving at the same pace and gets their photos and videos as quickly as possible and then moves on with it. But the same thing would happen all the time at Forbidden Journey. We'd get just massive backups and then people would run through it and not get a chance to look at the details. And like in the next room, uh, as we're going through the line in this order, this is where a lot of the the Easter eggs come once again. Uh, in this room, you'll start to see you'll start to see Mr. DNA talk about the locker situation that you have coming up ahead and uh then our first uh character from the movies you have 
you have um why can't Dr. I Wu. Think of, Dr. Wu, thank you. It was like it was completely slipping out of Petey my Wong. head. Yeah. Yeah. And uh he's he's starting to set up the story as well too and and offer some some instructional uh, commentary on on the Velocicoaster, but in this room this is where you have the the Jeff Goldblum book reference the Dr. Mm-hmm. Ian Malcolm uh the the uh the God, Dr. Grant's book. I'm terrible. Dr. A- Allen. Uh, Allen. 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 Um, yeah, you have Dr. Grant and Ellie Sattler's book is in there as well. In, yes. In the same one as Dr. Grant, which is great. Yeah. And then the cool, uh, the cool part too is it's really easy to spot. There is a little, uh, it looks like a little small model of the coaster. And that's all I thought it was too. And was wondering like, oh, there's this like, remote control up above it and i guess if you look at the details close enough it's like it it shows there that it is a training toy it is the the roller coaster car with the remote control because it's like an rc training toy so they for the would, yeah for the raptors to train them to run with the roller coaster cars i'm like that is that is a clever little Easter egg, and it tells so much of the story right there in terms of how they trained yeah. the Raptors to run with the the coaster. Like it's just it's little things like that. It's they didn't need to do it, but then it does. It sets up there. There's actually a story to this attraction. Yeah, and I have to say that I love um, the sizing of the rooms that you're in too, because yeah. it, it feels like you know, for me, um, like the Transformers queue is so is one of the hardest queues for me to be in for an extended period of time because every room looks almost exactly the same, and that alarm is going off the entire time. And this one is like you said, you open and you're in this wide open room, and you've got this big raptor statue, and they're playing that. Oh, like dramatic, the Jurassic Park like music, and then yeah. Yeah, you've got the sound of the raptor, and the lighting kind of changes, and Mister DNA is talking about the raptors, and then that next room is this tight little walkway where you get to see the real car go by, yeah. and then those raptors come through, and that that's cool too because it's just like it's a little smaller, but then that that locker room or the uh, the the like the the raptor training room is so cool too because like it has those easter eggs but it's also small so these are a couple of small rooms in a row now and then the next room that you're going to talk about here in a second which is cool because it makes it feel like i've moved 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 and then you know you move again and then then you're in like the final stage after that so it's like it's it feels so different from place to place so even if you're stuck in there for a little while it's going to make you feel like you're still like on this journey well, and that's the next room right after the one with all the Easter eggs and the the screen is then you move in to where you actually see two of the Velociraptors in their holding uh in their holding cages and they are moving and I they, they look so good. They are real. Yeah. So. The, I you know what I spent like uh, I like literally was like standing there for like ten minutes just staring at it to watch it keep moving and I just it was like go around me, go around me, go around me. Was um the eyeball. Yeah. They, they did such a good job of making the eyeball. It's crazy. It's so like, it, it, it looks like the eye in the movie, but it like, it m- kind of moves like, and yeah. like, it, and, and the Raptor looks so much like you could touch it and know exactly what it feels like. And it like breathes yeah. and it like, it kind of like watches you. And it's just like, Oh my God, that's like, I, my whole life, you know, we grew up 
watching Jurassic Park and now we are sitting there right face to face with a raptor. Yeah. Like it's so I thought the blue, the meet and greet with the raptor was great. This is like next level. Like yeah. this is straight out of the movie. Yeah. It's it's really perfect. It is it is it is a huge accomplishment for Universal. They they just keep upping themselves um, themselves in terms of uh, how realistic they're able to make these creatures. And, you know, it's I, I feel like I feel like they've always done a, a decent job. But starting with Kong, with the giant Kong at the end of of the Skull yeah. Island ride, it's just it's like since then, it just feels like oh, it feels like it's a different a different game for them now. And these these Velociraptors are are amazing. They are so cool. And it's just as they're shaking in the cage, it just you, you feel like they're actually real. And well, well it's crazy because I, I did see a clip of like, you know, uh, maybe a spoiler alert. I don't know. The one in Hollywood in spoiler section. People, so. People okay. People know that they added the Indominus Rex to the end of the river adventure out there and turned that into a Jurassic World river adventure. And like, I look. I've watched the video like repeatedly, and I am. I can't wait to see it with my own eyes. But on the video, I'm like, this uh, Indominus Rex uh, animatronic looks like fantastic. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I just, I. That's why it's great that we're getting a little bit of that too. Like we're getting the, we have the Raptors out here and the Indominus Rex is out there. And I'm like, they're doing, they're doing some stuff with their own versions of these like animatronic things like that look texturally and, 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 and performatively different than yeah. Disney. So it's like, it's unique, but it's, it's good still. It's good. Like it's great quality. It's not yeah. like, Oh, it's, it's good for them. It's like, no, it's good for anybody. And our final portion of the queue is where we finally get to see Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt in their roles. Claire and Owen. Claire and Owen. Thank you very much. And uh, this is our safety spiel and the final final little bit of the story. And, you know, telling you that it's a roller coaster in the park where the Raptors that have been trained to hunt and, you know, it's they're they can be controlled but it's at the end of the day they're wild creatures like any anything can happen and of course owen just like in the movies it's he he is a realist in terms of knowing these are dinosaurs and you know they could do anything they want but it sets up that story and you know it's a it's a cute little cue video it's not too long i think it's about like four minutes and uh when when it is crazy and they have all the down and backs in that room open up i'm sure you'll be able to get the full story but like the first time that we walked through i we were maybe in there for like 30 seconds total so yeah i could yeah barely get anything yeah but nothing of the video but i will say that i love that room and when they load you on the coaster because aesthetically it fits in so well with the scene in jurassic world where claire is looking at the indominus rex through the window and so it's like visually i'm like this is jurassic world this is what their facilities look like this is where like this is where like claire would be watching over the raptor cage you know the the paddock and stuff like that and it's just it's great i just love how it 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 straight up like I want to be able to stand and look out the window like because that was one of the posters. It was her yeah. looking out the window and the nose of the Indominus Rex on the other side. So I just love that they've like kind of recreated that for this raptor paddock. Yeah, I I love it, too. And that takes us yeah to the where you're loaded. And then it goes from there. We have uh, we have a total of 12 total 
rows. I know I sat in rows one, three, one, three, I want to say four, seven, and 11. You we sat definitely in did five. Four, five. You did five? We did five. Maybe I did it. Maybe yeah, I did five, one. Five, three. I think, was the first one we did the media day. I'm pretty sure we were, were like right kind of in yeah. the middle of that five or six. Right I there. think I did one, three, five, six, seven, eleven were the different rows that I rode in. I probably should have tried to ride in every single one of them. And you rode the very back row in 12. And then along with all the different rows that I just mentioned, uh, the one thing. I guess and we two. should have. I wrote in two because two. I wouldn't go yeah. in the first row with you again. <laughs> that is true. That is true. The one thing we should have said out of the spoiler section of all of this is the the feeling of coming out of your seat obviously freaks a lot of people out. And if you have long legs like me, you can brace yourself even in the uh, in the front rows. The so the even number ones one three five seven nine eleven, uh, but we quickly found out that if you sit in the even number of rows. Because of the way the cars are designed, you can actually put your feet on the seat backs yeah. behind you, not like all the way up. There's a little ledge that you can put your feet on, and it does help you kind of push back in your seat a little extra. And it helped me a, a lot. Extra brace. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was it was a definite like I definitely liked riding in those rows better because I like to have that sense of security that I'm somehow going to be able to brace my body. <laughs> yeah. And as far as my preferences go. Uh, you know, knowing that we rode the back, the middle, multiple times the front. For me, I would say I'm definitely a front row person all the way. If I had a choice of where I would want to sit, it would almost always be the front. I know, I know that's what a lot of people love, and there will be a front row line that people can wait the extra time in. Uh, you know, as long as it's not super crazy, they will accommodate it. But to me, it got the most airtime than any other row it yeah you have the view of looking out straight in front of you and being able to see everything so clearly uh it just it was an all over it was, it was a great ride and then like oh the top hat section you get that extra pause of looking down um I, and then i did like the middle sections a lot too right in the middle that did give it a nice balanced ride uh it, the best of both worlds uh, you know there was some of those like it, going over the top hat you had a nice long pause while you were up there a little bit of airtime not nearly as much as the front at all and uh and you know it just it was it was very balanced it's a balanced uh ride right in the middle the back it, very rough obviously that was and, the scariest for yeah, me i don't i don't think i saw any benefit of sitting in the back because of the launches uh, really the only time oh, that really yeah. the only time that i, was I felt gonna like say there the was launches a difference. was the, the only part yeah it was specifically the launch up over the top hat Instead of having that stall where you're kind of looking down or like right at the tip top with the top hat, you know, by the time the front of the coaster starts going down, you whip up and over. So you get a lot of airtime over the top hat in the back. But other than that, it's I don't I didn't I didn't care for the back. I thought it was an overrated experience. Oh, I, for me, because for me, I I would tell anybody like I agree with you. I think the the middle to the front is the best best areas on here. Like, I legitimately was like, in terms of it being fun, scary, or like legit, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to ride in this row ever again. I didn't. I do not want to ever ride in the back row again. I I know the coaster is safe. I know it's everything, but it's like what you said. It, it was it was a completely different experience, and I was just like. 
I didn't like, I guess going from the front to the back because it was so different. I was just like, I don't, and it's just subtlety because I'm so aware of my body when we're on a, when attraction like this. So it's really not that ultimately not that difference, but there is no slow when you go through that second launch, you just come around that corner and you're already going because yeah. the, the thing is already pushed forward. So you don't even have a second to really be like, Oh, here it goes. You know, you're just already being pulled along. And I think ultimately like that, yes, it does give you a different perspective because you're kind of seeing the rest of the coaster twist before you start to twist, which is interesting. But yeah, ultimately I was like, like mid middle to forward yeah. for sure. And I, I should have mentioned this while we were going through the Q tour, but uh, it's important for people. I would have already started this back up. We're, um, for the most part, we're over the spoilers, I think. There's one, uh, there is a one thing we will not specifically state what it is out loud. We'll leave some surprises for everyone, but there is an audio uh, clip that plays as you are coming back into the the station and finishing mm-hmm. your ride that either is a nice uh it's a nice it's a nice uh reference to what's happening over in Hollywood or potentially even a reference to what might be the future of Jurassic Park and Jurassic World in our park in Islands of Adventure. Oh, I didn't I didn't take it like that at all. That's I, interesting. I, I uh, both of those those both of those theories are interesting to me yeah. because I didn't take it as either two of those. I thought it just was solidifying when the attraction took place in Jurassic World. We we didn't talk about the lockers during the spoiler section. Uh, there is a there is a portion of the queue that lots of people will take photos in in videos of because it's a really cool moment. And then and that is your last portion before then you put your stuff away in lockers. And I love, I love this because what is one of the mm-hmm. biggest complaints of uh, riding Rip Ride Rocket or the Hulk? It's that you have to put your stuff in a locker outside, then go stand in a line without your phone. And I know we shouldn't be glued to our phones and devices while we're in a queue. We should be talking to our friends and family around us, you know, interact, pay attention to what's happening. But yeah, you still want your phone, especially if you're like a parent who sends your kids off into the ride. And so having the lockers be right before you start to see the stars of Jurassic World, uh, that portion of the queue where you get to see them, uh, it, it's really nice because most of the most of the wait, you'll be able to have your phone with you. And then you get to the lockers and it's a great shape. It's like a horseshoe shaped room. Uh, with all of the lockers and you put your stuff in on one side, you have to take your park ticket with you because that's how you'll unlock it. But when you get off the ride, ultimately you come in on the other side of the lockers. So then you pull it out from the other side and it's just, it's genius. It's, it was so smart. Whoever I said it before in our last video on this, I'll say it again. Whoever came up with this concept for Universal and implemented in this, if there's ever a Universal Legends Award, they need to be part of it because uh, it it's just it's the best locker experience now at Universal, uh, better than the rest. And and I the one thing I do have to say about it though is it's the small lockers. If you have big big items you'll have to pay for those lockers inside the discovery center and you can put your backpacks away if they won't fit you know your really big massive things those will go in there keep your phone with you then you'll put those in the free locker 
and uh, it's pretty amazing. And in the locker area, where I say there's maybe we're learning about a hint of where the park's going to go in the future in Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, because there's all these awesome attraction posters that uh, represent things you can see in the land and maybe even things that are coming soon. And I just, I, I think they did a fantastic job with this coaster. I, I, we're basically, we're, we're done with our discussion on it now. Uh, it, it's just, you have to ride it. June 10th. Yeah. Ride it. Get there. Ride it. Maybe June 11th. Might be busy on June 10th. <laughs> but do it. I think it's going to be busy always. I think it's going to be one of those attractions that is always hopping. I hope so. I hope so. So any last thoughts on it, Rhino? No, I, I think you said it great. I, I think it I think it's I think it's crazy that they have another must do attraction in this park again and they have resolidified that, hey, we know roller coasters. Good for them. Yeah. I, I think there's a bigger discussion coming up here with us uh that I was having with our friend Carly about uh it's I feel like the war between USF and IOA is back on now. And that's very exciting that these these two parks are going head to head for which is the better one if you only had one day at universal which one do you choose it's i think it might be it's back tough. in ioa's court yeah. now but you know usf still has a lot for it and this is all pre epic universe the it's still we still have more coming it's an exciting time to yeah. be a universal fan a uo fan yeah. if you will I winked for people. Oh, my gosh. I see what you just did. Wow. It's like when they say the name in the movie. Yeah, it is. Okay, we're going to transition here into an update on the safety protocols at Universal. Uh, They recently, as of uh, May 6th, they changed up their safety protocols. Obviously, you know, times are changing and more of the world is getting vaccinated. CDC is uh, loosening some of their uh, their their requirements or their guidance, not requirements, I should say, but their guidance on on how people can, you know, experience the world, considering so many were were not able to experience it for such a long time. And with that, Universal has updated their safety protocols. Uh, the big two being you no longer have to go through the temperature check at City Walk or any of the parks. The temperature check is is done. And uh, I'm I'm kind of happy for it. I think you know I I think we've learned so much about uh, about the pandemic over the 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 year the months and year that it's been that you know the temperature check was one of those nice things to know, but ultimately I don't think probably super super necessary to have in terms of safety protocols. Uh, the other one that I'm a little bummed about is that the the distancing now has gone down from six feet of distance to three feet of distance. And, mm-hmm. you know, for any of you out there wondering how long three feet is, basically stick out your arm and you're basically at three feet. And I have said it on this. I don't think I've really said it that much on this show because the show has been so back and forth on episodes lately uh, that, you know, I probably haven't. But on other podcasts that we do on the Diz Unplugged podcast network, I like space, not because I'm afraid of catching coronavirus or any other diseases from anyone. It's just I like space. I value space. Body heat. Body heat transfers when you're too close. You can you can feel each other. It is uncomfortable in Florida in 100 degrees when someone you don't know it feels like they're on top of you. So I just like space no, in general. Breath is on your neck. Yeah, Ugh. it it happens. 
It's gross. I don't like it. And, you know, it's uh, however, to be completely honest, and I've been saying this for a long time at both Disney and Universal, people have given up on the distancing for the longest time, like in in regular areas. People stopped trying to avoid each other a month after the parks reopened. And in the queues, it was, you know, it's hit or miss on whether or not people pay attention to the floor markings on where to stand. And, you know, I, I I would get yelled at saying like, no, uh, when I was there, I saw lots of people following it and I followed the rules. Like it's the one time I was live streaming and I pointed down to the floor and said, seriously, people are following the instructions here. Look at this. It's it just it never happened. So, you know, I think I think ultimately it's a great step forward. It's a great step to getting more people in the parks, capacity back up, uh, taking care of the lines so they're not so out of control. Uh, still, I think we should all be mindful though about personal space in general moving yeah, forward. Good God, let's let's just think about it. Not not in terms of a am I going to catch anything any illness that I don't want. Let's think about it as. You know, maybe maybe we don't need to be so close together all the time. Let's not fill in all the available space. Let's let's let each other breathe and relax a little bit. Let's not be up a stranger's butt. Yeah, but uh, you know, Rhino, you've been you've been uh, definitely a little bit tighter on how you feel about a lot of protocols. Do you are you phased by any of these? I mean, I'm not happy, I, but like for basically the same reason you just said, I, I like my personal space. And so it, that that's a big factor in it for me. Um, I mean, you know, I, the ultimate goal here is that life goes back to as normal as it can be. Right. So it's, you know, this is something that we knew was going to come and eventually. And I, I think I I think it's what's difficult to for me is that it is emotionally exhausting to be a person who follows the rules as closely as they can at all times, because that's just the type of person I am. Um, you know, to be constantly bombarded with people who just don't, I almost said a bad word, don't, don't care, <laughs> you know, and that it's just like, or they're ignorant to it, or it's just like, it, it feels all very like selfish and, you know, and, like, why are you the crazy one? Because you're just, you're trying to follow the rules to the place where you're at. Because it's like when you go over a friend's house, it's like when you're a kid, you go over to your friend's house. If the, the, that friend's mom doesn't want you to have your shoes on in the house, you don't wear your shoes in the house. You don't just, you know, or, and if you say, well, I don't want to take my shoes off, then you go outside and play. You don't get to come inside of the house. That's the rule of the house. Like, it's just such a simple thing that seems to be lost. So I, I don't, I don't know. Three feet to me just seems like it's like how far away ideally people would normally be away from me. But um, I I mean, it doesn't I guess it doesn't really change anything. I don't really do a lot of attractions, to be honest with you, still, because I'm still a little like weirded. I don't like being inside for long periods of time, really. And I'm I am suffering from that like, reintroduction anxiety stuff. But um, the change I feel about the park one way or another. No, mm-hmm. I think because it ultimately i feel like it it's like what you said it already essentially was what you're describing yeah. so it's like we're already if you're somebody who's going all the time i don't know that this actually changes anything other than now officially they have to start stop yelling at people in the queue yeah 
pretty much, pretty much with that. So uh, we'll keep you updated as uh, other safety protocols change. Protocols? I don't know where I was going out with that. Ghost protocols. Protocols. Uh, we'll keep you updated on uh, as changes continue to be made to the safety protocols. And yeah, once, uh, you know, I know the next big one that people want is when will we get rid of masks? And I don't have an answer for you. I'm not even going to guess about it. Uh, all I'm going to say yeah, is know. this. All I'm going to say, and this is a not a political statement. It's that I think we should all remember if we are sick not with necessarily COVID or anything else, but moving forward, if we are sick, we all have so many masks. Uh, we need to we need to choose to either not go to places or maybe consider bringing the mask and throwing it on, saying, "You know what? I don't want to. I don't want to give anyone the cold that I have or the." That's what I know, was just going to say. I, I feel like because we've kind of like worn them for so long now. I was like, the next time I get a cold, which is bound to happen as yeah. life returns to normal. I know none of us have had one in like fifteen months or anything like that but i i am basically just like now i know if i have to like go to the grocery store or something like that like i i know i can like throw the mask on or if i'm going to the doctor to see the doctor about said cold i can now be like oh, i'm just gonna wear this mask or whatever even if it's like i don't have a temperature but i think i'm feeling under the weather or something like that you know i don't know it makes you very much aware of being like you know let's just not dive into a crowd of people unprotected and make everybody sick at the same time, you know? Yep. You know, not again, not political, just saying, let's be nice to each other. Let's try to protect each other. Oh, no. Yeah. Let's enjoy humanity. Come flu season. When we go to the movies during flu season from now on, I'm probably just popping that mask on. Just like, I I am not, I I do not want, I don't want to deal with any holiday ills or whatnot ever again. Yeah, I, uh, I, I will. I know I'm going to practice it because as a person who constantly would go out sick and, you know, I still wash my hands and things like that. But as someone who before would go out when I was sick and, you know, just not care about other people. I'm trying to change, trying to be a better person. So I'm, I'm going to do my part with it. But we've got one last part of this show to talk about before we completely move on for good. And that is talking about something that we technically, as of the time of recording this, uh, we're recording this one a little bit in advance before release. But uh, so the information will probably be revealed by the time this is released. But there was a Creator Day event that happened at Universal Orlando for a lot of the, the local vloggers and content creators, uh, not necessarily uh, on the media level per se, but, you know, it's the people you watch on YouTube. Uh, They were invited out to, uh, and that's still a terrible example because a lot of people are watching this on YouTube. But anyways, I digress. Uh, A whole bunch of creators were invited out to Universal, and uh, they got a sneak peek of the next festival that is coming to Universal Orlando that I didn't know about at the very least. And it's going to be a summer food festival. And I'm thinking, uh, I, I watched a video that Thrill Geek released, uh, our, our friends Clint and, and his team at Thrill Geek, they posted a video that uh, had some of the chefs talking about what was going to happen with the food festival. And they mentioned that, that at least the date, the 15th in there. So I'm not sure if that meant it was starting May 15th, if it's starting sooner, if it's June 15th. Again, I don't know, because 
as of the time of recording this, it's not officially out there, but they are going to uh, continue the festival atmosphere at Universal Studios Florida and Volcano Bay with with a another food festival. And there's going to be dining set up around Universal Studios Florida. Uh, Battery Park is going to be the location. That's kind of the spot right outside of Mel's and Transformers that has the overhang with the picnic tables looking out onto the lagoon. Uh, there's going to be a food truck by Fast and Furious Supercharged, a food truck by Lombard's Landing, a tent on the bridge between London and Springfield, and they are going to carry over some of the food items that were available at Universal Mardi Gras, like the Cuban sandwiches, uh, and then there are going to be so many more uh, new items. There's going to be elotes uh, two different ways. There's going to be uh, one on the cob and then one just in a bowl. There's going to be a grilled cheese food truck and with macaroni and cheese too with items like carnitas mac and cheese uh, there's going to be yuca fries a mango nada drink uh, tripletta sandwich and volcano bay as i said is getting in on the action too and they're even going to have some specialty items added to that park like a pork adobo bowl and i was a huge fan of universal mardi gras food uh doing mm-hmm. the food festival this year so I'm I'm elated about this. I think the fact that they're setting up uh, extra unique, interesting dining options throughout the summer months. Yeah, sign me up for it. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I like this video. I was like, oh, I, I love a good, I love a good tripleta sandwich. Like it is, it is one of my faves, and um, I'm excited for that elotes, like especially the one that is in the bowl. Um, but all these look. Uh, it's I, they did such a good job like you said with the mardi gras food that i am just like oh when it was coming to an end i'm like oh it's such a shame because i really like the booth so I'm, I'm happy this is coming around and it makes me excited too because also i don't know is this a precursor to maybe we're going to get some uh more special food items during halloween horror nights this year mm-hmm. you know so i yeah. i'm i'm hoping that they kind of carry that through into that and it won't just be you know we love a good we love a twisted tater we love our pizza fries but like i would love to see like just a little bit more because you know if you do stay and scream you're like you get hungry pretty quickly so yeah. i'm i'm hoping this kind of becomes a regular thing for them yeah you know they have up they have up their game with the food at halloween horror nights as the years have progressed and i think i think this year could be the biggest year for them in terms of food and i also i was following along today with uh, people who are inside universal and saw posts that the tribute store is undergoing changes right now obviously mm-hmm. switching over from mardi gras into its next uh, iteration not sure what that's going to be uh, again recording this early by the time that this releases it'll probably all be out there and we're going to have another episode where we go over all of this with more detail now so i'm not going to go too long with it on this but i think i think universal is making some very smart decisions right now in terms of these festivals yeah. and it really it really is is a nice it's a nice change at universal it keeps it fresh uh, it keeps it keeps you wanting to come yeah. back on the dining side of things, and I can't say that that was always the case for Universal, but now it's starting. It's starting to be a real thing, and I'm here. It for feels it. very rewarding for an annual pass holder, yes. right? Because it's like it's like what you said, not knowing the dining, you have your favorite spots or whatever. But this really freshens that up for us. It gives us that extra reason to be like, oh, you know what? Let's just pop in and get some food over there, yeah. or try this, or try that. And so, I, I appreciate that because I think they know. 
you know, probably went through this thing where when they reopened the parks, it was a lot of annual pass holders. So yeah. that's where it, it feels, it feels like a great time to be an annual pass holder. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not nope. being like, oh, get your annual pass. But I, I'll tell anybody, I think that the Orlando annual pass, uh, or the universal Orlando pass, Good Lord, I can't speak. Universal. The Universal Studios or Orlando Universal Orlando Resort Annual Pass is the best value for an annual pass in Orlando, I think, right now, still. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I'm, I'm right on board with you. And remember, too, just because... You know, we're, we're locals talking about Universal Orlando's annual pass program. You don't have to be a local to get one, too. If you want, if you want to visit Universal more often and you live out of state, you can also be a pass holder and come as much as you want, take advantage of the discounts, the other uh, incentives that are thrown in with the annual pass, too. So don't just think it's a, a locals thing. I know, I know people who came out of state to Universal Mardi Gras at least three times over the course that it ran from February to May. Uh, so that's that right there still holds true that, you know, it's a, anyone who wants to travel often can feel can be an annual pass holder or you can even still feel like the annual pass holder in in that way. So uh, it's always an option to consider it. But uh, very, very excited to find out more about this this elusive summer food festival. And we'll we'll cover that as well in the upcoming weeks. But I believe that's it for our show this week. So thank you very much, Rhino, for having this discussion with me. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. And of course, if we just uh, if we got you motivated now to travel to Universal Orlando and you want to support us, Rhino and I here on the screen right now, please consider booking your next Universal Orlando vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. So get that free no obligation quote today at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. And one more time, let me run through it. If you are listening to this anywhere, make sure you are subscribed and leaving us positive feedback on Apple Podcasts and and if you are watching this on YouTube, please hit that thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and also please make sure you're leaving your comments, questions, and video suggestions down below. It's your fan channel. We, we need to know where to take this channel, where to go with it. So leave lots of comment and feedback on it. I really want to know. But ultimately, thank you so much to everyone for listening and watching. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. But until then, remember, we still have not changed the name. <laughs>